you, God. Philippians chapter two says that God exalted Jesus to the highest place, that he would have the name above every other name. We didn't really plan it this way, but the amount of songs and things that we've sung and talked about that his name is above every other name. Lord, we just are so grateful for that, that the name of Jesus is above the name of addiction, that the name of Jesus is above the name of suicide. The name of Jesus is above the name of fear and worry and anxiety. The name of Jesus is, is above all the temptations, names we could list today. Your name is above every other name. The other names that bring trembling and sobering and shaking. The name of Jesus is exalted high above all of them. That at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we join in the anthem of those. So therefore we are so grateful that we get to pray in your name, that we get to step into 2024 in in Jesus' name. And so all together, even right now, can we just say those three words together? In Jesus' name. One more time. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. It's been so real. So real. Whew. Man, Happy New Year. I'm so glad y'all all came to church today. And if you're following along with us online, we're so glad that you're here. And if you missed the beginning, as we shared about this being a family worship day. So we wanted this to be primarily a worship and prayer time and just a time to experience God's presence. And I'm gonna share about 15 minutes here in a minute, which will be a world record for me to be able to do that. So you can pray, but we're gonna take our offering right now before we go any further. If our ushers could come forward, there's some ways that you can give on the screen and um, you'll be able to, to, to give so either online or through the buckets that are gonna be passed here in a minute that'll count towards our uh, 2023 year end giving. And ushers, I just invite you, go ahead and start passing the buckets right now. Go ahead and start doing that because we're gonna, we're gonna jump into John chapter five immediately. And uh, John chapter five tells a story of a man who could not walk for almost four decades. And we find him near this pool where he believes there's some healing power there. Many believe there was healing power there, but he's not been able to experience it. And he's at the end of himself when Jesus walks right up to him unexpectedly and just surprises him. And he asks him a question. It's a really powerful question that he needed to answer. It would forever alter his life. And I believe that question is something that we need to hear today as well. But instead of me reading this today, I'd like for all of us to be able to experience it through uh, a little clip from The Chosen. If you're not familiar with The Chosen, it's a series about the life of Jesus and just kind of captures in four or five minutes this moment at the pool for a man who needed to be asked a question. So let's take a look. Shalom. Me? Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. 
But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping, or who's getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. to walk, like he said. Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. It's beautiful to watch how Jesus, Jesus handles us in our hopelessness and our loss. It's unbelievable. It's also unbelievable that it took so long to answer that question, isn't it? Like, do you want to be healed? It, it seemed like you'd be like, what do you think I've been doing here for decades? You know, it seemed like it'd be so quick. 
But Jesus is getting after the fact that he's gone through loss. It's like he's been disoriented. He's gotten into some ruts. Some curveballs have come his way, kind of like what Trey was talking about earlier, where it's just like getting off kilter a little bit. So what Jesus does is he asks a question to bring this man back to desire and to see what kind of desire does this man have inside of him. So what does that have to do with all of us here on December 31st, New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve is filled with lots of traditions, typically. Uh, Raise your hand if you plan on doing some fireworks tonight. Anybody got fireworks in store? Yeah? Any kids doing fireworks? I want to go to your kid show. I want to go to y'all's show. How many of you kids think you can stay up till midnight to ring in the new year? How many of your kids' parents said you can't ring ring in the new year? Because your parents don't want to stay up till midnight to ring in the new year. Anybody else like me get a little older and be like, you know, let's ring in the new year at 9 p.m. It's, it's, it's midnight somewhere. But there's this other little tradition that the whole world, the whole globe is supposed to do together. We're supposed to make something around this time of year. Remember what it is? New Year's resolutions. It was the questions that we were asked at the beginning of our service to, we're supposed to make these New Year's resolutions. And these New Year's resolutions, it's like this social pressure we all feel that if we're getting a blank slate, we're needing to come up with this list of all that we're gonna do, either that we didn't do before or that we're gonna do in the upcoming year. And so um, here's, you need to get your, you know, sometimes we like get your word for the year and then you, okay, I gotta go do that or get my list for the year I haven't done before and then you go do that. Now, statistics vary about this but they say somewhere around 80% of people do not end up doing their resolutions. Most fail in the first week. Actually, some statistics say 97% of resolutions don't get done. Almost that amount of people don't even remember at the end of the year what their resolutions were, okay? Has anybody else ever been that person besides me? If so, don't feel guilty. Only 3% of the world apparently does these things and actually brings them to completion, okay? And I'd like to propose something to us today. Maybe the reason that these resolutions are doomed to fail is because we all begin with this idea of what we need to do as opposed to who we should become. So we know we need to lose weight. We need to get out of debt. We need to make straight A's. We need to learn that foreign language we've been saying we're going to do. We're going to read those books we've been given that are by our book side that we're not reading because we're watching Netflix. Like we're going to finally do that this year. So we all start with this list of what we should be doing and forget that at the end of your life, more than your accomplishments or your achievements, the gift you will give Jesus is the person you have become. And so when Jesus approaches this man in John 5, he doesn't go up to him and go, so what do you want to do today? What are you planning on doing this new year? He says, do you want to be healed? You want to be healed, like that be who you are. Who do you want to be? It's like Jesus just stoking a fire of desire that has gone out in this man. Jesus was a master of vision in this way. He could walk up to fishermen and say, I know you're making money doing this, but if you drop these nets, come and follow me. I'll teach you how to fish for something that will fill your soul so much more so. And they'd be like, boom, and they'd walk away. He told a story of a man who found a treasure buried in a field, so much so the man went and sold everything he owned to go buy that field so he could get the treasure. It's like they were captured by desire, and Jesus loved to pull people into these types of desire because he knew desire is a powerful thing. So let me ask you this question. 
What is your vision for what your life in the kingdom of God could be in the next month or so? Don't think 12 months down the road. Don't like, envision yourself at December of 2024 and try to you know, manifest that. That's not what I'm going for. I'm saying like, in the next month or so, what do you believe is, is, is the kingdom vision for just you, not for the person sitting next to you and not for me, it's, it's, it's for you. Now, I know that can sound really big. And some of you are like, kingdom vision, we're just trying to get the Christmas stuff put away. And I've got five more days of activities to plan for my kids. You know, so it can feel daunting to hear, what is your kingdom vision? But let me put it to you this way. Whether you know it or not, everywhere you go, people are pulling you into their vision for you. Advertisers have a vision for you. Your school has a vision for you. If you're on a, about to step into basketball or baseball, they have a, your team has a vision for you. Here at our church, we've been working hard as a leadership team on the vision for 2024. We're gonna unveil here very soon. So everywhere you go, there's good visions that I hope you will jump into in the coming days. So it just beckons the question, you're gonna do all of that, but what is your vision for you? What is God's vision just for you? So for me, what I've found is this little acronym that I've utilized the last couple of years that has been very simple and very helpful. And it just helps me look out about six weeks, two months max, because I won't remember all this in August. And actually what the Holy Spirit's doing in me in January is gonna be different than what he's doing in August. There'll be some key themes. I'm still gonna try to be a, you know, a loving father. I still wanna be a, a kind leader. But, but there's some things right now he's working on in me. So when you walk to the door, you were given a little card. Can you pull out that card? And if you don't have that card, raise your hand. And there's this amazing, talented, powerful, beautiful person on the front row uh, named Annalie Gully who's gonna help you get one of these. Maybe some of the leaders could help her. If you need it, raise your hand and she'll come around and some leaders. But there's three letters. Same with me, V-I-M. What are they? V-I-M, and if you don't have a card, you can actually just pull out your phone, make a little note in your phone. It's not that big of a deal. But V stands for vision. So kids, you can even do this right now. If you're 10 years old, 80 years old, doesn't matter. Kids, you can just write the word vision right there next to V. But what I want you to think about is this. What elicits unforced desire in me? Keyword, unforced not I should do this, I need to be doing, no, just what elicits unforced desire in me? This is Jesus saying, do you wanna be healed? Something he just goes, yes. And maybe there's something spiritually inside of you right now that you're just thinking, yes, this is, I want this, I want something, and it's this. In my discipleship to Jesus, this is what my desire is right now. But I know that it probably won't be easy to see this happen in my life. I'm going to need some I. I'm going to need some intention. Can we all say intention? intention? That's where we get the word intentional. You're going to need to be, have some intentionality. And so one of the ways that I think about the, this is I go, whatever that vision is, whatever that desire is that I want to be, not just do, but I want to be in this season, what's going to make this change difficult for me to do? Like, what about my circumstances or the people I'm around or, you know, whatever financial situations are going to make this probably tough for me? So as a result, I'm going to need to find some scripture and I'm going to marry this with scripture because what I'm not looking for, and you shouldn't be either, is some self-help exercise that's going to pump me up every day. I need a spirit-fueled practice that can only be accomplished by the grace of God, the power of God, the word of God, the spirit of God. 
and it won't be my strength mustering up. And so I, I'm going to need to, to this is make, make a vow almost like, okay, this is going to be hard, but by his, his grace and his scriptures are going to empower me. But then I'm going to need some practicals. I'm going to need some ilm in my life. Method, or if you've seen this before, you might have seen the word means. Meaning what spiritual practices am I going to need to utilize in my training to be more like Jesus in this very specific area? Maybe it's an area like Penny talked about that we prayed, you prayed over earlier and you're realizing, huh, I'm gonna need some practices that I marry to that because here's the deal. In a lot of times in our life, we can hear some really exciting vision. We're like, yeah, we're gonna do that. But we don't put that with any areas where we can train. And so as a result, we get really frustrated. Or the other way, you come to church and you hear us saying, here's all the methods, here's all the do's, here's all the practicals, but there's no vision. And so that, for you, that might feel like legalism might feel exhausting and you burn out and you go, I just can't do it. But you marry that unforced desire God is stoking in you with an intention of the heart that realizes it may not be easy, but the scriptures can fuel me. And here's some practices, some training. Paul said, train yourself for godliness because what you don't need to do, everybody hear me, do not walk out of here and go, okay, great. Now I've got to get this vision and I've got to try really hard to go do that vision. That's not the goal. The goal is that you would train yourself for godliness, that I'd be able to practice this and over the next six weeks, two months, let the Holy Spirit let this work into my life. And others can pray for me, my life group, my family, my parents, they can pray for me as I'm doing this, all right? So let me just give you an example of one of the VIMs I did in 2023, okay? It's kind of vulnerable. I'm gonna put it out there so you can see what I did, okay? Here's why. My, my vision is I, at one point in 2023 was that I wanted to be a non-anxious presence to my family, my team, and my city. I loved that phrase, non-anxious presence. And just in a world of anxiety and hurry, traffic, and knowing that, you know, 2024, there's this little thing called an election coming up. I know we're all excited about that. And 300 million Americans... Do you, would, would this be the phrase that people typically use of Americans during election season? What would it look like if at least a Christian said, we're a non-anxious presence right now? But I'm not worried about the whole world. I'm just saying, Holy Spirit, that'd be a real hard thing for me to walk out. But it's who I want to be. It elicited unforced desire in me. But I needed some work at this. Here's why this will be hard for me. Here's my intention. Slow is not my nature. Um, achievement can be my identity, so I want to get a lot of stuff done, which is a good thing, but it can get over, go overboard. Conflict makes this challenging because I just want to power through. But Jesus promised in John 14, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. So I meditated on John 14 in this scripture, realizing that this is not my MO, but the Holy Spirit could do this in me. But I was going to need some methods. So I developed three practices that I did that nobody else knew I was doing, but I was doing it to myself. Here's the three methods. One of them was I'd play it out beforehand. So if I was going to a Baylor game, this is embarrassing that I have to do this, but if I'd go to a Baylor game, in my time with God, I would play it out. Okay, I'm gonna get there. There is no way the parking is gonna be effective and efficient. I'm gonna think I'm better than every parking attendant ever there, and I have a conversation in my head that I'm gonna wanna have, but I am a non-anxious presence fueled by the Holy Spirit, playing it out in my head. I have to do stuff like that. Y'all are probably a lot more holy than I am, and, uh, but that's what I have to do. Another practice that I, that I did was what I call a breath prayer. So I took John 14 that I just read and I would breathe in and go, shalom, not as the world gives. Nobody ever knew I did this. I could be at a meeting, sitting at lunch. I could be in my time with God just, 
because I'm going to breathe anyway. Might as well marry scripture to it. Right. right? So under my breath, not as the world gives. And nobody knew I was doing this, but I was marrying my breath in scripture in such a way that I could become a non-anxious presence. Final thing I did, which was the hardest thing, and it was actually what I did probably the worst at, was arriving five minutes early so I could just be present to God and people. I'm five minutes late guy. Um, the sound team did honor me for walking in five minutes early, so I was like, thank you, maybe I'm getting a little better, you know, it's like, but I, you know, it's not a perfection thing, I'm just training myself. You with me here? Yeah. And this is, was, this was my film, and I didn't, only told a couple people so they could pray for me, and I just went on a couple months journey of just, Lord, work this into my life. And I'm not asking my kids to do this because that's not what he's doing in them. I'm not telling my life group, y'all all, all need to work on this. That's not what he's doing in them. I want to know what vision he's doing in, the, in you. So if you're a, a, a high school student or junior high student or you play sports and you lose your temper all the time, your parents are always on your case or you're mad at yourself, maybe you just need to create a vim statement and say, my vision is that I would be someone who handles emotions in a way that honors God and others. Maybe over the break, all the online time you had wasn't good for you. And you might need to say, I, I handle purity in a way that honors my children or my roommates or whatever. <clears throat> I, I don't know what, what yours needs to be. It might need to be, might be that you just went into retirement. It's kind of an unusual season. And you might need to say, my newfound retirement, I walk with purpose and service. Maybe you've had a hard year relationally and you listen to Jesus saying, forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. And something in you just goes, wow, to have that would be beautiful. So I forgive my enemies consistently and unconditionally as Jesus did from the cross because the person I'm becoming is much more important than the things that I'll be doing. Now, we, give it, we just want to take a few minutes right now and just let you take a minute and say, what is my kingdom vision? We even just kind of paraphrased on the, this card, Jesus saying, rethink how you're living your life in light of your opportunity to start living with me today in the kingdom of the heavens. A little paraphrase of Mark 14, Jesus, just come follow me. Rethink the way you live your life. We want to give you some of that space right now. So as the guys just play on the keys, I just invite you just to close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, and just, what elicits unforced desire in me? What could my vision for me, what could God's vision for me be? Most likely you won't have this nailed in three minutes. Probably won't be totally awesome if it is. And don't just copy what I just said and said that sounds good. Like go to the Holy Spirit and say, what about for me? And maybe this week you could just let this be a process saying, what's the vision? What's the intention I'm going to have to deal with in this? What methods do I need to put into place? Again, this is just for six weeks, two months. There's some other tools out there you could do for the rest of the year. Our church just put out a fantastic resource called Roles and Goals you'll hear about next week. It'll help you with the kind of longer term, but just short term, next six weeks. So just close your eyes, say, Holy Spirit, would you stoke that desire in me. And for some of you, you might already know it. This is my desire. And you can just fill out that little card right there. Here's this, here's what I want to be. Here's what's going to make that hard. Here's some practices. Or at least just get it started. So we're just going to give you four or five minutes. You just be with Jesus right now. Mm-hmm.
like I said, hopefully you're just getting started thinking. Hopefully some thoughts are coming through your mind. And maybe you're thought, like, no, not that, maybe this or maybe that. But again, just God's stoking desire to go to those deeper places is where we want to begin. Families can talk about this this week and spouses, roommates, just what is that unforced desire God's wanting to build in me? But we want the Spirit of God to be the one who does it. I want to just encourage you to grab that card if you would and stand to your feet, maybe hold on to it. It's a little picture of we're just going to pray over it. We're actually going to pray a song. Annie, did you write this song, Come and Take Over? Are we doing Come and Take Over? We are? We're going to do it this week because Annie's not going to be at church next week. She's going to skip church next week and get married. And so uh, we thought we would uh, put her on the spot and make her sing a song that she wrote. But it's so beautiful because she's sing- this song is a heart cry. Lord, we want you to come and take over. We want you to do this. This is not by our might nor by our power, but it's by your spirit. And uh, so as you just bring that to him and just that desire to him, let's sing this song as a, as a, a benediction of sorts as we pray over this, this desire in us.